Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Hey, what's up? What's going on? We're in the Santa Barbara studio. We are. I'm so excited. So Danny and I have actually been talking about doing this for a couple of months now, or at least like maybe three to six months Yeah. about literally just doing a podcastcation. Yeah. And a, and a girl's getaway. Girl's getaway. Talk about the podcast a little bit more. I felt like we were talking about it, but we were kind of in passing because we had a lot of other things that we were doing. You were launching Find the Money. I was doing a launch for FBA. We kind of kept missing each other. And then whenever we saw each other, we're like, let's just record really quick. So we didn't really have a lot of time yeah. to talk about kind of the future of the podcast, branding around the podcast, just do some more deep dive type stuff. Um, there's actually a question that we'll get to here in a second about similar to that and coming up with ideas and how to be creative. And we'll get into that. But today we want to do a quick Q&A. Um, you guys have all sorts of questions. People are like, where have you guys been? We want yeah. a life update. <laughs> uh, and I get it. And also people want the reason behind our little uh, sabbatical, which we talked about in one episode. Um, but we wanted to do a and a So is that good with you? Yeah, I'm excited. I like these ones. Yeah, me too. Okay, so first one's an easy one. A little softball for you is, um, is it hard to do solo? How do you handle being apart? Is it weird doing solo podcast interviews without each other? How do we handle being apart? We don't handle it well. No, we don't handle it well. <laughs> we really We're don't. constantly like, when are you coming back? When am I going to see you again? How am I living this life? I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, it's, it has definitely been um, somewhat of a dramatic shift from years previous. Yeah. You know, for everyone, and you guys kind of know if you're maybe new to the podcast, you don't know this, but Danny and I went through shared experiences in our marriages ended up both ending up single in Los Angeles and doing a ton of dating 2016, second half of 2016, all of 2017, half of 2018, definitely two solid years of spending a lot of money on alcohol, I would say, and going out. Tens of thousands. Um, You know, but also at the same time, we were going to conferences together, we were constantly traveling. I'd be like, what do you have coming up? And whatever travel you were doing, I'd come along. Yep. And whatever travel I had, you'd come along. Yep. And so, you know, we spent a lot of time together in this past couple of years, I would say, like probably year, last year and a half, transitioned into, okay, like, what are, like, what's the next situation? We were like? no longer married to each other. People actually did think, well, we've talked about it a lot. People yeah. thought we were together. And we were together so much, though. It was literally like, Joe was my spouse. Yeah. And I think both of us, as you guys know, this podcast is a lot of like processing Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of, you know, talking through stuff. And I think I took it for granted that you were always there or like you were, you know, like not too far and we would spend hours a day together and be able to like process literally in the moment to moment, like what's going on in your life. You know, there wasn't, I don't think there's anything that happened that you didn't know about. No, there was no gaps. Yeah. Yeah, It's been hard. Like, honestly, um, this was the longest we've been apart in like three years. Yeah. It was so, two months. Yeah. I was, I left in October and then I think I was going to come back and I didn't. And then we saw each other at Christmas, but Christmas was so brief and Joe got sick. And so it was like still kind of a miss. I mean, we were there, but so yeah, we don't handle it well. Um, we're still figuring it out and we're trying to figure out how to be married to each other still and also have other partners and not let them get jealous. 
Well, you know what's interesting is that, like, the biggest, I think, adjustment is, like, I really crave this kind of interaction mm-hmm. a lot. And I reach my max at, like, uh, probably, like, a month. If I don't talk to you for, like, a, a month or, like, I mean, obviously we talk and we text every day. But it was more like if I don't have FaceTime with yeah. you and, like, you know, go on a long walk go on a wine walk with you, like, I don't get that. Yeah. And I crave it. And there's other people in my life, too, who I get that from. But you know, I don't have that. I'm like, I call you up and I'm like, Hey, and we'll talk for like an hour, Yeah, you know, and kind of catch up, but it's not the same. It's not the same. I, I was telling Jeff the other day, I go, sometimes Jill and I save conversations. Just like I could call you, but it's not the same. Yeah. So it's like, I have to save all of the, I'm like trying to remember all the things I need to tell you to tell you in person. Right. Cause it's just, it's not the same on the phone or yeah. just texting. And you know, you guys know that we went to two podcasts a week last year up from one. And I can tell you it's a huge change. Mm. So it's been a huge adjustment. It's a lot more episodes, which we love because we know that you guys, you know, wait and you love to download them and you're all subscribed, which is amazing. But it has been a little bit tougher in terms of just like sheer volume wise. Every time we turn around, we're like, oh, fuck, we need, you know, we need episodes, <laughs> which is, is great. And it keeps us being productive. But when we don't see each other. Obviously, that's tougher. So we have been doing things like I'll be interviewing people if I'm around, you know, I'm at conferences, we're doing that kind of thing. And you're interviewing people who you're around and then we are doing more solos too. Cause we just don't do over zoom. It's just not the same. Yeah. We decided early on not to do zoom interviews with people. So, and again, if you're listening and you want to be on the podcast, usually a rule is you got to be where we're at. And so, you know, we don't do a lot of that like over the internet and Jill and I too, we don't do zooms with each other. We're always like, I'm staring at her right now. (laughs) So we like to be with each other and doing solo since that was a question too. Uh, it's interesting. So Jill's done a bunch of webinars. I've done a bunch of webinars, but for some reason doing solo episodes, I get in my head. I, I realized something that helped me was to pretend I'm on camera. So, cause when I'm just talking, I don't know where to look cause I'm not talking to a kid. So I've done a lot of camera, like doing webinars on camera or doing Facebook lives or doing periscopes or something. And I'm used to seeing myself. So I did a solo episode while I was alone in Cheyenne one day, and I just put it on a Facebook Live at the same time because I felt like I could just riff more if I just knew there were eyes on me for some reason. But often when I'm doing a solo, if before figuring that out, I was struggling. I kept restarting. I'm like, no, that sounded dumb. Start over. No, that sounded dumb. Start over. And I just was getting in my head about it. So I feel like I need to... um, I like have to look at the camera and pretend there's a camera on me for some reason. I've done so many webinars to PowerPoints yeah. that it, whether people are on or not, like I've certainly done webinars where no one's on, you know, so like over my career. So it has never really impacted me. But one thing I do like to do is I like to stand up mm-hmm. whenever I'm delivering a webinar or even if I'm doing solos because it, I feel like my energy is better. That's energy. the one thing yep. that, I mean, solos are great. It takes more time, I think, to prep a little bit because you want to, because it's just you. So there's no like... I'm going to jump off what Danny's saying, or yeah. I'm going to pile onto what she's saying. There's no discussion. So you're like, it's yeah. all on me. I'm literally teaching a lesson. Yes. Yeah. 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 I do miss the, like the banter and the back and forth or just time. Or when we have guests, sometimes y'all like, sometimes I just don't know what to ask the guest next. So Jill and I kind of have this, like, luckily we, we tend to not even trying too hard is like, she'll do a question and then the person talks and then I do on the person talks. And it helps because sometimes you're sitting there like, uh, I'm not sure what to say next. And then Joe will pop in. I'm like, Oh, thank God you saved that one. And then it switches back and forth. So it's nice to have the other person. It's, uh, people ask us too about doing podcasts. Should I do it with a friend? Should I do it with a partner? And I think there's a lot of positives like that. It's, it's easier. I believe to just have conversation than to just be talking, monologuing to yourself, but you also have to have great communication outside the podcast. Cause Jill and I really work hard to, 
make sure that we're on the same page, that we're trying to meet at the same time, and that we're both giving um, giving ample amount of energy and maybe one person's not feeling like, hey, this podcast is I want to go all in and you don't and I'm dragging you or vice versa. And so, you know, going into anything with a partner requires massive communication. And I feel really blessed that Jill's that person that communicates really well. And we, um, we have just made really big commitments to each other to like bring things up when they need to, when we need to. Well, you know, it's also good about that is, um, we've even talked about how, how we're trying to navigate this like new scenario where like you and Jeff are always traveling together. You know, I, uh, because of Keith's weird schedule, like I like to maybe not travel when he's off. So like I can, you know, so we can spend time. So like both of us are just like, we don't know what this is going to look like. And I think there's something really honest about that and going like, I don't know what this transition is going to look like. And it's not bad. It's not good. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's just happening. And like being like, okay, cool. Like, Let's just keep the lines of communication open. See, this is why we're married. Yeah. We have the best communication. <laughs> we do. Better than anyone else. <laughs> if so only good. there was sexual attraction. That's right. I mean, you're hot. You're, I'm attracted, yeah, I mean, but like, not. You're hot. But second question. This is more of like a business, I would say, entrepreneurship, personal branding question. And this is from Melissa. And she says, how to be creative or think outside the box or form ideas with anything, work, dates, purpose, etc. So mm. basically like how to be more creative and how to come up with ideas. And this is a good topic for entrepreneurs, especially for social media content creators. It is. You know, sometimes I feel like I, ha- I'm, I have a million ideas and it's just picking the one. And then sometimes I'm just like, there's nothing in my brain. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Um, but for me, and I know Jill has some big stuff on this, I would say a couple of things. I could go one of two ways. One is I stop consuming other people's stuff because it distracts me from my own ideas. I feel like I'm like, wait a second. I'm just looking at everybody else's things. Like, you know, we look at some people who maybe we want to be like, or who are in our space. And then we feel like there's no new ideas because they're saying what's already in our head. So sometimes it's a matter of like stopping following those people. Then sometimes it's a matter of following those people or following different people that, that make you think different. So for example, like if you are in health and fitness, you start following people who are, I don't know, athletes, basketball players, or, um, who are in psychology or who are in another space. Um, but a lot of times for when it comes to like, when I'm in an idea rut is to just like step back, go on a walk, get out in nature, like stop trying so hard. I feel like the harder you try to come up with ideas, the more they like run away from you. And so sometimes it's a matter of um, just taking a break from trying to think. Well, you know, we were talking about this this morning on our walk uh, when we went to get coffee and it was like, you need time and space to be creative. So if you are listening to this and you're a health coach or a personal trainer or someone who's grinding it out with clients, that's not going to be a super conducive lifestyle to being creative. So one of the hardest things about like wanting to be creative is it doesn't happen on a dime. Oftentimes it happens when you don't feel anxiety and pressure for to do something else. So for example, if you are like me and you have an appointment that day at like noon, it's going to be harder to like sit down and be creative on the spot at 10 a.m. because you know that like like at noon you have something, right? So so you really have to have in terms of day, like creative time and space. That's why they always say like some of your best ideas come to you when you are in the shower, shower. when you're about to fall asleep at night. 
right? When you're in the middle of the night and you kind of wake up, that's like the time you want to have a piece of paper nearby. So one of the things that I do is, um, it's so hard to be creative on the spot, but I start to think about what exactly. So the best way to be creative is, is talk to people. So if you are in the space and you have clients, like ask them questions about their process. I never put this together, but when I was a personal trainer, you guys know this, your clients are asking you questions constantly and they're divulging constantly. You're like a therapist, but I never put it together that what we were talking about and the conversations we might have could also be leveraged for the internet. Yep. Now I'm doing that all the time. I'm on the phone and I'm doing business coaching with my clients. And sometimes I'll literally write something down as we're on the phone. And I'm like, cool, that's going to be a great post for later. That's even just the beginning of an idea. So I have um, a notes folder in my on my phone on the notes app. And it just says ideas and it's just like, it's little pieces of things that could be something. And I just keep a running list and it's a long ass list and not everything turns into a piece of content, but it might start to help me come up with a framework that I want to teach or something like that. So I will tell you that creativity begets creativity, which what I mean by that is the more creative you start to become the more creative you become. So if you're someone who's like, I have no ideas and like everyone else is saying it better and they're doing it better and I don't even know where to begin. Notice that's normal. I would just say that's totally normal. So I agree with Danny. Some of the the best things you can do, some of my best ideas come from exposing myself to lateral disciplines. So I'll listen to podcasts on, um, you know, I don't know anything from like personal development to business, to spirituality, to, um, you know, fucking religion or habit change, psychology, um, research, like anything like that. I actually did something on my Twitter feed years ago. I was following a ton of competitors on Twitter and the tweets were awful. They were like, just hit back and buys. <laughs> Have a great day. I'm like, why am I fucking following this? Yeah. And it's fine. But like, that's not the kind of account. Like it's not making me, it's not giving me a richer experience. Right. right. So I actually unfollowed like all fitness people mostly, except for my friends. And I started following thought leaders in different spaces and I became addicted to it. I'm like, that's amazing. I'm learning about business strategy. I'm learning about uh, psychology research. I'm learning about like spirituality and and business and money and Mm -hmm. finance. And even though that's not my area of expertise, what it does is it gives me a different way to think about something and connect the dots. And this is before that we were talking a lot about habit change in the, in the health space. And I was like, cool, there's something here. Positive psychology was something that we started talking about Jill fit in 2011 and that was different at the time. Yep. Now everyone and their mother in the fitness space is like mindset, mindset, mindset. But you know, it really wasn't that yep. in like 2010, 2011, 2012. And so it's, it's making the arguments I think richer. Yeah. Even creativity and business and offerings and things you want to like charge money for. Um, I have been able to work with a bunch of hairstylists lately and just looking at their business models and how they do things has made me think of ways I can do things different in my space. Mm-hmm. And so I think just looking at other fields and just even going, Oh, like what they do over there, I can do over here because you know, certain industries do things a certain way. A lot of people do everything that a very similar or same way, but you go outside your industry, maybe it's massage therapy or maybe it's uh, hypnotherapy or anything else that's slightly different. And you can look at their business models and go, Oh, they do this kind of like maybe a membership type model. And maybe I could do that here and take what they are doing in another industry that's working and bring it into your industry, which can create creativity. But also to that point about our conversation, if you didn't listen to the Sohi Lee uh, podcast, we did an interview with her, but she talked about habit change and changing your environment. And I think that's really huge for me. If I'm in a creative rut, 
Um, if I'm constantly in the same room, staring at the same thing, looking at my desk, uh, same drive to work, whatever it is, I, I feel like dead inside. There's nothing new coming to me. So like I said, getting out of nature, going on a hike, um, going on Groupon and finding some activities to do, like some kayaking or stand-up paddleboarding or something that you can do that kind of gets you out of your routine can start bringing new ideas. Like you need to have a new surroundings to get new ideas. I really think that environment helps. And when she said that, it was kind of this light bulb for me. Like, yeah, that's And that's also, huge. do you have friends that you can go deep with? Mm-hmm. You know, if you have friends that even if, you know, kind of it was the best like podcast or, you know, friends that you can kind of vent to and, and talk to about things. Oftentimes when I talk to Danny about something, she has a completely different perspective on it. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I never thought about it that way. And so I think exposing yourself to other people or some people close to you, you can go deep with. One of the other things that I did early on at JillFit was um, like, number one, answering your clients frequently asked questions. So that's super easy. If you're wondering like what you should post or what you should write or how you can be of service, think about your clients, you know, that you're currently seeing use that as market research. Also, you know, write down like 20 to 30 common concerns or questions that your audience has and just answer them like Q and A's, like literally like, here's the question, here's a question I get asked a lot and then answer it. So that is a really easy way to get more creative. But when I first started and I was blogging every day, um, I would go to and check out at the time it was Facebook business pages were really big. I would go to Facebook business pages of people I knew I didn't agree with. Mm. And I would go and I would kind of stalk some of the messaging in on blogs that I didn't agree with and Facebook business pages of you know people I knew that I had a different approach than me. And it would get me so fucking fired up. And I would be like, oh my God, I have to write my version of like my rebuttal. It wasn't like I called them out or anything. But it just gave me insight into like, I want my case to exist, yeah. right? And so sometimes you have to check out people that you don't agree with. And I think that's a great way to start getting fired up about things. Yeah. Go get yourself triggered. Trigger yourself. Go do yourself. it. And before the last question, yeah. we're going to just throw this in. I want to remind you guys that we are sponsored by CBD for Life. And... Um, you know, we're so grateful to be able to have the sponsorship because putting on this podcast, of course it requires our time and energy, but, uh, we do a lot of things behind the scenes. We have to pay an editor and we do all these things for you. And so we love when we can collaborate with somebody who we love and that can help us and we can help you as well. So it's a win, win, win. And so we have some products. They actually have this really cool, uh, what is it called? A package, a bundle called all the feels the all the feels bundle is a foot cream it's this uh roll-on you said keith uses a roll-on yeah he yep. uses the first one bath bomb and then this rub and i haven't done the bath bomb yet i don't have a bathtub but uh the foot cream is amazing it smells so fresh and minty if you want to smell my feet i'll let you but the <laughs> the uh this bundle is really great i i've actually i was we were using this while i went to florida to do like some pt on my neck and I needed to use, like the lemongrass rub. I was literally having Jeff like rub my shoulders and back with it every single night. And then the little roll on, like you could put it in your purse and just literally like kind of do a spot roll on. And so like I could do that myself, not have him do it. So I love this bundle. If you want to check it out, it is called all the feels bundle. And if you want to save some money, find the money project, uh, use the best life at <clears throat> checkout. And it is at CBD for life dot us CBD for life. Dot us. It's the, all the fields bundle and go back to our question. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. Last question for our Q and a is not so much a question, but just topic idea. Abundance 
around dating. Oh, hey. That's a good one. That's a good one. You know, Do you want to describe what, what we mean by that? Or what's what she means by that, maybe? I mean, I feel like she means, is it raining men or is there only one for me? <laughs> I think it's, yeah, because you, I'm not, like, in as many, I feel like, dating, like, groups as you are. And you were saying that, like, a lot of people are feeling really jaded. That, like, yeah. where are all the good where men? The where are all the good partners? Where are all the good? Yeah, I mean, even we were chatting off record or we were we stopped recording um when we were talking about Sohi Lee and her relationship but part of the piece that a lot of like narcissists do and it just I don't know just shitty people in general like you can never do better than me you can never get someone I remember I dated a guy who kind of said that like you'll never get have anyone as good as me and if you're young or you haven't dated that much you believe that you're like maybe this is the best or maybe I'll never have this connection with someone else and and I hear all these horror stories about dating and all the good men are married or gay or taken or whatever. Like they're all gone and there's like, or they're ugly or whatever. Like there's no good men who are successful and kind and good looking. And it's just simply not true. Now we're going to say they're not hard to find, but um, honestly, I really think when it comes to abundance, I really think it's so much about your energy that you put out. And it is like, you know, Jill and I have talked about this once she did this a little bit before I did. Once she kind of made the decision, I'm cutting off the fuck boys. I'm done with this shit. I'm changing who I am. Suddenly her guy came into her life and was attracted. And for me as well, I was like, I set an intention last year that I would like to be in a relationship and I am working on healing my broken heart and the broken pieces of me that I feel like don't, that don't uh, work in that scenario. And so I really believe when it, first off, there's 8 billion people in the world and we've all seen, uh, TLC's honey boo boo. And like though her mom has a boyfriend, like if her mom could get a boyfriend, y'all could get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, whatever you want. But there's so many people in the world. We've all been around people that are like, okay, if they're dating, then what's wrong with me? And that's the one, it's the wrong question. Nothing is fucking wrong with you. The question is, who are you trying, who are you being and who are you attracting? And so I really think coming, when it comes to an abundance mindset around dating is knowing that one, I think it's a fallacy to believe there's only one person out there. I don't think there's like one soulmate. There's one person for you. I've had, we've all had multiple relationships unless you really just dated your high school sweetheart and that's it. And if you have good for you, but even so, if that person disappeared, passed away, I guarantee there'd still be someone else for you. Um, there's, I always believe there's more than one person for anyone and that people can work things out. So really ultimately when it comes to dating and if you want to attract that person who just, who you feel like you really connect on all levels, you're attracted to physically, you can have conversations that you want to have with, they communicate, then first thing is you need to become that person. And once you become that person, more of those people start to come around you, right? Like when you, if you're an addict and you're trying to get sober, what do they tell you to do first? Like you have to get new friends. So if you are constantly, because you're the only common denominator, if you're constantly attracting men who are just terrible humans or shitty people or talking down to you, there's some piece of you that's attracting that, that needs to be looked at. And so this might mean going to a counselor. This might mean reading some personal development books. This might mean just taking some time away from dating before you go back. But oh my God, you get on Bumble and Tinder, you can swipe for days and never end men. So it's not about not having enough men or women or people. It is about 
Uh, I think getting really clear and intentional with what you want, not tolerating, not tolerating stuff that you don't like, don't put up with things longer because you think that's all you're going to get. And then really becoming the person who will attract the kind of person you want. Mm -hmm. I think too many people go out there and say like, I want this kind of person, this kind of person, but you're like, you're kind of a scrub. So what, what makes you worthy of that person? And I, I thought this to myself, I remember thinking, and I think I, we had conversations about this. I told Jill, I was like, I'm not yet ready. I'm not the person that I want to be yet to be in a relationship. Yeah. The kind of person I know I want to be, I need to be a little scrubby a little longer <laughs> before I'm ready <laughs> to, to hang up my boots. But I had to work on me first. And then it, the intention is out there. And I really just believe there's something about intentionality and how the universe works. And so it there's so many people. There's so many people. I also think... When you talk about, and I love that so much, it's so true, but I also think when you look at traditional like dating advice or, you know, a relationship expert will say, you know, you need to have a man list and you need to be like really specific on what you want. And I think that that can be a little bit of a crutch because I think as soon as you get so, it makes sense. You're like, we're goal oriented. I need to have this, 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 and this. Like I understand the intention and a lot around like manifestation and stuff is like, if you're not clear, then you won't attract it. But at the same time, I think the second you you get so specific on what it needs to look like, you're limiting yourself extreme like a lot, you know. And I so I think I think have one to two non-negotiables, but be open to staying flexible on some of the other things. You know, Keith is a prime example, and like you know, who knows what's going to happen in this relationship? We're almost coming up on two years now, and I would not have matched with him on a dating app because mm-hmm. he's five years younger. Um, just not like we would like even that alone, just, we would not have matched up. There were some things about him that I was, that I thought in my head, like, okay, I want to have this. And like, he doesn't embody those things, but he has so many other great qualities and our chemistry is off the charts. I'm not going to ignore all of that because I thought it needed to look this way. And so I think abundance really is inviting whatever it's going to look like and being open to possibilities, right? We talk about abundance. It's not about getting so specific and manifesting. It's it's being open to this might look a little different. I might need to adjust what I'm, yeah. I think it should look like. And so I think that's a lot of mindset work that you need to do. Yeah. Uh, the second is like, if you are seeing a lot of people, so maybe you're, you've gone on a string of bad dates and you're like, Oh my God, like I've gone on dates with so many guys over the last six months and like everyone sucks and it's easy to get jaded. It's easy to feel so discouraged and so defeated. Like literally there is no good people out there. But I would try to, and Danny and I both did this. We went on a lot of dates for like a three-year span. And I never, I always looked at it like, okay, if this person isn't going to be a romantic partner, is there something else here? So for me, it was like, and I tried again, abundance, which is, okay, it might not fit into the, into the romance box, but might it fit into the business box? Might it fit into the friendship box? Might it fit into, uh, you know, the career or whatever box? So I think there's a lot of different as long as you do stay open, you can still enjoy bad dating, yeah. right? The quote, bad dating. Yeah. You can enjoy it if you're open to this person. Okay. You like know within five minutes. Okay. It's not, it might, it's probably not a ro- romantic, yep. you know, compatibility, but you know, maybe they, we can network together. Maybe we can collaborate on something. Maybe we're in the same industry. Like, so I think that makes the whole process a lot more enjoyable. So you don't have a ton of urgency around. It needs to be a romantic connection because if we're at the end of the day, like the, the bottom line is probably most won't be. Yep. 
there's some discernment that comes in there too. You know, if you're going on all of these dates, you feel like you're wasting time, then maybe you need to do a better vetting before you even go on the date. If you, you know, I didn't mind because I was getting free dinners, but I was like, if I, I had a, a friend who had, she was widowed and she had a child and she's like, I don't have time to waste. Like I have a kid. I don't have a partner who I'm divorced and we're co-parenting. My partner has passed away. So I don't have time to waste. So I need to know before we go out, like these are my non-negotiables. This is what I'm looking for. And so she found someone really quickly by cutting out all of the, and she did not go on all these dates that I would have gone on just because I'm like, ah, I got nothing else to do. Let's have a dinner couple and drink. drinks, free dinner. Yeah. And so I think it does matter. Like you need to know what you're really looking for, but And you can cut those off like early on so you're not wasting so much time. I think the non-negotiables are key because, again, it can't be everything. It can't be a list of 20 fucking things that you're like, okay, they all need to check these boxes. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, that's just never going to fucking happen. So pick one to two things that are so important and then don't go out with anybody who doesn't have those. You know, I think we did talk about that in another episode. I heard an interview with Mark Manson and he was giving the example of, like, hey, if, like, this is your number one thing – then you don't go out with anyone who doesn't have that. Like if mm-hmm. faith is really important to you, you don't go out with people who aren't religious. Right. Right. Like that's yeah. the thing. If you, you know, if you're thinking. You're not going is, out with an atheist. You're like, that's not going to be. No, it's not yeah. because then you're going, well, there might be potential here. And it's like, it could be a waste. You said your non-negotiables are yeah. this. Yeah. So don't spend your time. And that's the way I love that you brought up discernment. Cause I think at the end of the day, like it really comes down to that. Yeah. And there was one, I got a DM. I I think it was in the podcast DMs or it might've been my personal, but somebody asked me, um, or I got in the conversation about this person. They really enjoy their company. They love everything about them, but they're slightly overweight or like out of shape. And so there's certain things like everything fits the box except this one thing. Right? So first let's say things that they can't control. They're bald. Okay. Can't control that. You're going to have to decide if that's, you know, is it, if, if they fit all these boxes and they're bald, can you handle that? You know, can you just look at them in a hat? Can you get over yourself? Whatever. But maybe it's something like this where they can control. And how do you bring that up? And so it was an interesting thing because one of my things was I wanted to be somebody with who was like fit and stays in shape. And when I first met Jeff, um, he, and he admittedly said like after his breakup, he just kind of ate to like, I drank, he used food to like get through things. And so as we were dating, and I remember just first thinking like, Oh, like I like him. Everything's good. I'm not like so excited about his physique right now, but I saw that he was making an effort and then changing and he lost 40 pounds within, you know, while we were dating. And so it, that to me was one of the things that it, it was not a non-negotiable, but it was kind of a close one. It was like, if he, if I didn't see the effort, it would have been a non-negotiable for me. Like I need somebody who does take care of himself, who does, he doesn't have to have a six pack. I don't care about the, I just need somebody who has the value system behind that, who wants to work out and all of that. And so it's important to know that maybe some of your things, you might say that it's shallow like that. So for me, if somebody was a smoker, I would say that's a non-negotiable for me. And it's not because I they, they could be a great person, but that's just something I can't it's, I don't, it's not a value I have. And it's would be, it would be something that bothers me. So something that it's something they have something in control over. And if they're doing something about it, then I would give a shot versus going, well, you know, he's, you know, hundred pounds overweight and I can't deal with it. If you like everything else about them, is there something, are they willing? And so I think ultimately too, you need to know what is their personality? Are they willing to do something different or is it just off the table no matter what? Because you might have that too, but you do need to know what you are willing to um, kind of 
give and take and also what is in control and what's not like certain things like height and hair they're not going to be able to control so that's something where I feel like you should be a little more flexible if you feel like if somebody has all the things and there's one of those things that they just have no control over then that's that's a decision you're gonna have to make and you can't go well there's no people out there and there is somebody right there in front of you just happens to not have hair yeah (laughs) I love it you know one of the things that Dan and I talk about frequently admittedly I think because both of us have been married before that we are not we were never as urgent to be in another relationship because we've kind of had the full experience. So we have friends, we mentioned this before, that we have friends who are in their mid-30s, late 30s, and they're really, you know, kind of really, they have urgency about them, especially if they want to have children. Like, they do have a level of urgency about them. And it's hard because I think when you bring that urgency and that scarcity to your dating, uh, you know, like your dating, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, like, it is like... Quest. Yeah. Like... It does kind of backfire, I think. And so one of the things, the like last thing I want to say or the last piece of advice would be you have to figure out a way to be excited about your own life while you're doing this. I think like anything, the more you focus and the more you obsess, the bigger it gets in your head. And it's so easy with relationships to get to that point where like it is the only thing that you care about is like getting in this relationship. So I understand and so admittedly, again, I'm not in that space now, but if I was, if I was in that space, I, I at least hope that I would try to figure out ways to be excited about my single life while I'm dating. Like, what am I, what am I fucking doing? What am I doing? What am I learning? Where am I going? Who am I seeing? Like how, if I, and I literally asked myself this, like if I end up being single for the rest of my life, like, would I be okay? You know, would I be, and again, it might be different because I've been married, but I do ask myself that and the question and the answer is yes. Yeah. I would figure out ways or I would continue to cultivate ways that I could be excited about what I'm doing in some capacity. And the last piece, and on that note, as far as abundance and being excited about being single, is do fun things. Like, go on singles trips, vacation, travel. Because if, you, if you're if you in a smaller town, like we're in Los Angeles, it's, there's a million men. Where you're in New York City, you're in a big city, there's a million people, there's literally half a million men. But if you're in a smaller town and the dating pool is smaller, which I get, I've been there too. I've swiped through and like literally it says you're out of people is go on trips, meet people outside, like go to conferences, not necessarily to meet people, to meet men, but just go on conferences to live your life. Go on like singles vacations to live your life. Go on a cruise, go on these fun things. Cause that energy is attractive. That energy is so attractive and you very likely could find someone and you're leaving your own little bubble. There's definitely other people outside of your bubble. Yeah, so totally. I would say that's a great place to go. And a good one. we should have a whole episode on this, but I know this is a good one. All right, guys. Well, thanks for this episode. Um, please subscribe, and we would love if you left a review. If you have not yet, just go to the iTunes Store and anywhere else. I don't know where you go, but I do see them. Um, <laughs> but if you could leave a review, it helps us it helps other people know what the podcast is about if they want to listen and tune in and we love when you share episodes if you feel like something resonates with you or it's good for one of your friends to hear and you pass it on we really appreciate it and so we just appreciate you and see you on the next episode all right we'll see you soon